On Sunday, the Denver Broncos offense must slow down the Cincinnati Bengals defense, and the Broncos defense must get after this Bengals offense led by Joe Burrow. Plus, what are some things that Broncos fans need to be watching for on Sunday when the team hosts the Cincinnati Bengals? Playoff implications on the line. Sarah Bettinger, myself, it's our final game preview. We talk about that and much more in today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day. Today is our final game preview for the Denver Broncos leading up to their matchup on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown Network at 9 News. And thank you so much, Broncos country, for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day for all your Denver Broncos news content and coverage. This podcast is available free and everywhere you get your podcast. Not to mention, you can subscribe on the YouTube channel if you want to watch us in video format. So make sure you hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications so you never miss out on all the action. Sarah, we're almost there, my friend. Just about 48 hours away from kickoff, the Denver Broncos, Cincinnati Bengals, a lot on the line, my friend. And man, I tell you what, the Broncos offense, they're going to have their hands full this week against that Bengals defense. They definitely are, Cody. And yeah, I mean, here we are. It's it's exciting to be in this position. Like we've been talking about all week, the intensity is ramping up. And it starts on Thursday Night Football, which Kansas City Chiefs, Los Angeles Chargers, is, it, it's going to be a fun week of football, I feel like, just in general. So I'm excited to watch. I'm excited to see it all unfold. I can't wait to recap the game with you, Cody. After the, I, gotta, I just got good vibes going right now. After the victories, we got good vibes. We're feeling good. I feel good right now. I hope everyone listening feels good right now. Obviously, the nerves are, are, are ramping up, but it's like I tell people you know, when, when we're going to sing on the weekends or something. You got nerves? Channel that into some positive energy, man. You got you oh. got to do something with that energy. Might as well throw it into the positive bin. I love it. And the Broncos offense, we want to be very positive about that. And look, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, they must have big days against the Cincinnati Bengals defense. But it's going to be tough, Sarah, because this game, I mean, when you look at a matchup between these two players, two teams, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon against that Bengals defense, the Broncos rushing offense, they're averaging 123 yards a game. That's good for 11th in the NFL. That's pretty good. That's where you want to be. You want to get to top five. Obviously, that would be nice. The Broncos, I think, unfortunately, some of their statistical outputs earlier on the season impacted that. If they would have had better rushing performances, I imagine that maybe they'd be maybe in the top 10, top five, potentially as a rushing unit if they had that going a little bit early on in some of these other games. But they're going to be taking on Cincinnati Bengals defense. That is the fourth ranked rush defense in the NFL, only allowing 93 0.1 yards per game for opposing teams. And look, this is going to be a very, very tough one. And, and at looking at that, it's very interesting considering that this is a team that's also faced the Baltimore Ravens and held them in a check in the rushing game. You know, what are your thoughts on this? It's a great, great piece of this matchup, isn't it? I mean, long gone are the days where we're talking on this podcast about Javante Williams having fewer than 10 carries. Remember those episodes, Cody, where we're like, I can't believe Javante <laughs> Williams had less than 10 carries in a game. But man, we are far removed from that. And credit to to Pat Shermer for listening to whoever he listened to, or maybe he realized it on his own. Maybe he I think listened, listened to, to us, Locked on Broncos podcast. I know. <laughs> Look at that. We're on the same page. Yes. So kudos to him, though, for shifting this, you know, this offensive philosophy. I'm not trying to say it's like the, the Tim Tebow offense back in the day, but 
he really did morph the offense into a run-first offense after it appeared early on in the season like he was trying to force-feed the passing game. So I'm excited to see how it goes against this Bengals defense. We've seen, man, the Broncos have a good run defense, and they mostly have for the last three years under Vic Fangio. We've seen some teams get the better of them on some weeks and have some really explosive games. So regardless of what the statistics say, I feel like if you feel like you match up well, the Broncos have a good offensive line when it comes to running the ball. The Bengals have a good defensive line when it comes to defending the run. We'll see which one of those two wins out this year. And of course the Broncos have backs that are really, really good at at missing that initial contact, whether they're breaking a tackle or whether they're just eluding guys. So they've got to continue to do that in this game. They've got to continue to make the first guy miss and see what happens at the second level. That's the, That's been the key, I feel, for the Broncos in the running game this year is after you make that first guy miss, what happens beyond that point? And it mostly, you know, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, they've been really good at making the second guy miss as well. Well, I think one of the things too, look, you're going to have to find a way to run the ball against this Bengals team, but you're also going to have to find a way to pass and be efficient, at least in the passing game, which is going to be very tough. You know, I feel like the Broncos in this game have to utilize a quick passing attack. Look, there's a talented secondary there for the Bengals. Not sure if Cheeto Bayouzier is going to play in this one, but obviously on that back end, you do have Jesse Bates, who's a very good safety on the back end. But outside of that too, I think the quick passing game is necessary, Sarah. Because you have to try to neutralize the impact of Trey Hendrickson, who had a sack against the Broncos last season. Now, granted, no legitimate quarterback was playing in that game for Denver, but he's got 12 and a half sacks so far here in 2021. He's been fantastic. But the Cincinnati Bengals defense, they are first in the NFL in total sacks by a defense with 37. So they get after the quarterback and they do it really well, better than any other team in the NFL right now. So this is a big test for this Broncos offensive line and even Teddy Bridgewater, who we know has had a tendency to hold on to the ball a little too long. He's going to to find a way to get out of that but there's one key that you mentioned here on our notes and that's really trying to get the outside running game going and play action boot want to talk about that a little bit definitely Cody you know like you just mentioned we know the Bengals like to get after the quarterback and those defensive ends they're going to be crashing down hard not to say that they're not good at defending the run but I think you really want to try to stretch the ball outside the Bengals best defender as we learned from our crossover episode which if you haven't listened go back and listen we learned that the Bengals best defender this year is former Broncos great DJ Reader, who uh, you know almost signed a contract <laughs> with the team a couple off seasons ago, or maybe that was even just last year. It feels like a long time. That's the one where Drew passed. Locke was really the deal breaker, right, for his decision. <laughs> That's there. right. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Yes. Shelby yeah. Harris came back, so I think Broncos got the better end of the deal. Hey, I like that. I like that. But you don't want to run right at DJ Reader, right? I mean, he is that. He's that guy on the interior who is. I mean, he's a load in there. So I think you want to try to run away from him. And in so doing, you can really open up that play-action passing game, Cody. Like you mentioned, I think the quick strike passing attack, it's going to be critical early on in this game to neutralize those pass rushers. But I think that outside running game can really help open up those play-action bootleg plays because if you're finding success running to the outside you can start selling those stretch plays a lot easier and neutralizing that pass rush Teddy Bridgewater like you said he likes I don't want to say he likes to take sacks but man he likes to hold on to the ball for sure I mean he's had one of the top 10 most time to throw in the NFL this season people people forget to you know think about that kind of stuff when they're looking at his sack numbers trying to blame the offensive line I feel like your assessment of offensive line play Cody may expose many fans in terms of what they actually watch during the games but Teddy likes to hold the ball so 
hey, if he likes to hold the ball, design plays where he gets to hold the ball. Design those play-action boots where he gets to you know, be out there and, and scan, even if it's just one side of the field. Give him a little bit more time to make those downfield throws instead of having to worry about those pass rushers because we know if Teddy holds the ball like he, like he has all season long, those pass rushers are going to get home. It doesn't matter how good your offensive line is. They're going to find a way. So get some design plays after you've had some success running the ball on the outside to get Teddy Bridgewater to open up that deep passing game. I love it too. And your, your final note that you had here as well is don't waste good drives. And you made a note yeah. that Cincinnati, they're ranked bottom 10 right now in the NFL, 24th in drives, ending in a score. So there's times where they go without scoring. The mm-hmm. Broncos really can't afford to do that. You know, and, and we've seen them no. have their own droughts too. I'm sure Denver's, you know, kind of close there with Cincinnati in this regard. So this is going to be a, a prominent key here for this Broncos team. I think everybody's fired up though, Sarah. And I, I know mm-hmm. Broncos fans are. I know players are fired up. A couple of players I spoke to, they're like, hey, we have a great opportunity this week to go out and really secure and get some respect from people so you know what i'm for it i know players are for it and coming up here in just a moment broncos country sarah and i we're going to talk about the broncos defense and why they must slow down the Bengals' offense this sunday when joe burrow jamar chase joe mixon and that high octane offense comes to town at empower field a mile high but before we do that let me tell you about the sponsor today's episode lockdown broncos there's good friends over there on location ladies and gentlemen super bowl 56 is just under 100 days away and it's going to be held in beautiful los angeles where the sun is supposed to be out and it's going to be at SoFi Stadium, a state-of-the-art NFL facility. Obviously, a great environment. Broncos country always packs SoFi Stadium really, really well. And they're going to get a chance to as well here in a couple weeks when they go on the road to take on the Chargers. But we want to tell you about how you can attend Super Bowl 56 with On Location, the official hospitality partner of the National Football League. It's the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. You get to select your exact seats, and you get to choose from the elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration before the Super Bowl with NFL legends, not to mention five-star LA hotels and food that's been chefed up by the great Wolf Gang Puck. You can visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. And our good friends over there at Stack Hero, ladies and gentlemen, no one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better. <clears throat> But traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. And Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups. Win or take all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero, they show you their lineups before you play and you get to handpick the team that you want to face one-on-one. This never-before-seen innovation of a fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts and unknown Stat Hero players puts you in control of your fate. You can sign up free today right now at stathero.com slash lockdown. Use promo code lockdown for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash lockdown. Use promo code lockdown for a 100% deposit match. Stathero.com slash lockdown. Promo code lockdown. Terms and conditions apply. Sarah, my friend, let's talk about this Broncos defense against the Cincinnati Bengals offense. The talk of the town, too. This is definitely an interesting story. I got into a debate, not necessarily me, but I posed a question on one of the Pro Football Network shows that I do. And we, we brought up Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. And I tell you what, Chargers fans, they're, they're all over Justin Herbert, which they should be. Justin oh, Herbert's yeah. fantastic. 
But I tell you what, Joe Burrow got a lot of hate, but I, I don't necessarily know why, right? Because I think Joe Burrow, for the situation, the environment that he's in, and not to say that he's got a great offensive line, I think Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are going to be future prominent quarterbacks in the NFL. Denver's going to be facing a tough, tough test here this week, and I think a lot of that's due to Joe Burrow. Now, he didn't practice on Wednesday for the Bengals because of the fact of his pinky, but that's just going to be something I think that we've been told that it's going to happen the rest of the season for him. He's going to play. He's mm -hmm. just resting and obviously not putting a lot of strain on it. But this is a Bengals offense, Sarah, that I'm a little intrigued about here, especially against this Broncos football team, because a lot of the contingent circumstances I think are going to apply as to how the Broncos defense comes out. The Bengals are scoring 27.2 points per game right now, and, and that's good for seventh right now in the NFL in terms of scoring offense. They're taking on a Denver defense that's allowing 17.5 points per game, second in the NFL. So this right here, the formula, and we talk about it. You have Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, you have Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, Samaj P. Ryan is a backup guy to Joe Mixon. You have CJ Uzama, and then you have T. Higgins. I mean, just the talent is there, and you can see maybe why they put up points, and a lot of it's led by Joe Burrow. But this is a Broncos defense that, you know, while I'm still a little concerned about this, just I'm anxious because it's talent. It's it's a healthy secondary versus a healthy unit. That, to me, I think is going to be a, a fun thing to watch. The Broncos defense has been much more disciplined as to not allowing the really, really, really big play through the air. This is going to be a game where they get tested. And, and you know, really for you, what, what are your thoughts on this game here from this standpoint with the Bengals, you know, top seven offense that they have? Yeah, Cody, you mentioned, I mean, they score over 27 points a game, which – Man, um, I think everyone in Broncos country would, would love to be having that issue right now. But, man, that that's going to be key for this game is, is like we talked about. First of all, with the offense, you can't squander opportunities to score. But defensively, even though the Bengals are averaging over 27 points offensively a game, you know what they also rank 25th in the NFL in, Cody, this year? Turnovers. They mm. turn the ball over a lot, which means that they're leaving a lot of points on the field and we've seen even against our own divisional opponents we've seen the Bengals put up some big offensive performances even that game against Las Vegas a couple weeks ago where they just exploded in the fourth quarter this is an offense that's capable of doing anything they want at any given time because of the weapons that they have I was shared a great article from Zon B on on Twitter today that uh, an offensive coordinator for the Bengals Brian Callahan who worked with the Broncos for a long time talked about his philosophy of you know and the arguments that he made in favor of drafting Jamar Chase because of the experience that he had with Demarius Thomas Eric Decker and Wes Welker in Denver and so they're really modeling their offense after that that you know, historic Broncos unit. And so we remember Broncos country, what it's like to be able to score at will. But for the yeah. Bengals, you've <laughs> got to be able, I mean, you can score at will, but man, in a tight contested game, you can't turn the ball over at the rate that they have. And Joe Burrow, Cody, this is a stat that I think everyone in Broncos country might be surprised to know. Joe Burrow leads the NFL with 14 interceptions and he's tied for that you know the lead in that category but there are going to be opportunities in this game the Bengals like to push the ball downfield and Joe Burrow is willing to put the ball in harm's way and some of those interceptions aren't his fault but man the Broncos have a fully healthy secondary for this game ready to go you've got to find a way to create turnovers and and take those opportunities to score 27 points away from the Bengals. You can't just let them continually march down the field. You got to be aggressive. You got to take some risks and you got to get that ball out. 
Part of being aggressive, too, is staying disciplined. And one thing I think the Broncos defense can't afford to do, and just even the Broncos in general, they can't afford to be undisciplined against the Bengals because the Bengals, they're also a team that commits the less penalties in the uh, the NFL. They don't commit very many penalties. Very disciplined. They're very well coached from that standpoint. And you can't make those mistakes. Like, for example, you jump off sides. You know what? They're going to take advantage of that. You know, they, they do a really good job of that. And that's something I wish the Broncos would do a little bit more of when defenses do the same to them on the offense side of the ball. You, you jump off sides. Hey, take, take a shot downfield and see if your guys can come down with it. This is one of those games, too. And how often do we see, like, a dead play happen in the NFL? Defensive guys hesitate because they obviously see the flag and they think it's going to stop. They're like, nope, it's not. It's a free play. Bam, we saw that week one against the Giants. Kenny, it, was, it was Kenny Galladay or somebody that caught a 40-yard mm-hmm. pass on Kyle Fuller. I remember that. That was a wild times, but we do see that. So Denver can't afford to be undisciplined against them here. But I think that if for this game, what's going to define it on the defensive side of the ball here, Sarah, is going to be the Broncos' red zone performance or their lack of performance. And hopefully it's the better side of that because the Broncos red zone defense is eighth right now in the NFL. That's fantastic. They've been very solid in the red zone this season, but they're taking on a Cincinnati Bengals offense that is eighth in the NFL in terms of red zone offense as well. So, Mm-hmm. It's who's going to prevail, right? We, last week we talked about the uh, the Broncos' bottom ranked red zone offense against you know a Detroit Lions' bottom ranked red zone defense. Luckily, the Broncos prevailed, going five for five. That's been an area Denver's been better in, but they can't afford those mistakes. Another thing that you mentioned here: the Broncos need to create turnovers. You talked about the statistic for Joe Burrow, and I agree with you. I think we've seen him throw a lot of uh, passes into some tight windows, and he's relied a lot on his arm strength there. And sometimes he just forces it. He has that aggressiveness to him. He's not afraid to to sling it down. Field. He's got that Drew Locke gunslinger mentality a little bit, so that's something to watch on. But, you know, in terms of being able to get after Joe Burrow, what is something that the Broncos have to do this week, in your opinion, Sarah, especially against this offensive line? Well, I think, you know, the linebacker position is obviously a big question mark right now, Cody. That's a that's a huge deal for the Broncos. They're on, I mean, might as well be their 15th and 16th linebackers of the season, the way that it feels, the amount of guys that have gone down with injuries and whatnot. But we talked about this on previous episode, Baron Browning, and and Jonas Griffith, they are two of the most athletic players pound for pound on the team. They're they're in the top percentile at the linebacker position in terms of size, height, weight, speed, all that good stuff, explosiveness. You've got to find a way to use that to your advantage. D- diminish the importance of their inexperience by amplifying their strengths as athletes. And I think that they have to be creative with blitzing these linebackers. We saw Vic Fangio, he was starting to really build some trust with Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson in terms of the way that he was sending them on blitzes, both in the run game and the passing game. Don't get me wrong here. I'm not talking about just on third down blitzing these guys. I'm talking about finding ways to really really plug that hole. We talked about the flex seal in the run game. Finding a way... To, to seal that hole in the run game, utilize the athleticism of these linebackers to your advantage in this game. You know, Joe Burrow, like we said, interceptions, you know, that those get caused by what? A lot of times, pressure. So send your athletic linebackers coming on blitzes creatively. Bengals offensive line, we, we heard in the crossover episode, that's the weakness of the team. That's the weakness of this offense. That's the area that you can attack. And with no Riley Reef, with a, with a battered offensive line, an offensive line that frankly doesn't look all that much different than it did a season ago when Joe Burrow was getting destroyed back there. This is an area the Broncos have to find a way to exploit. And I don't think you do that 
Joe Burrow is one of the best quarterbacks that I've scouted coming out of the college level at avoiding pressure in the pocket. He's not necessarily a wizard when it comes to scrambling and making plays like that. But man, when you talk about avoiding pressure in the pocket and just staying clean, yeah, you know, I think of that Andrew Luck pro day where they're slapping him with the brooms and he's just, that's how Joe Burrow operates, you know, in yeah. the pocket. He's just, he is unflappable in the, in the pocket. So you've got to find creative ways to get him down and to get him flustered. And I think being aggressive with some blitzes and being creative in, in the timing of which you send those guys is going to be of critical importance in this game. Well, that's a pretty good comparison, too. I think Joe Burrow to Andrew Luck in a sense of what they're able to do and how they operate, even just from a cerebral standpoint, I think is very fair. I like that. That's fantastic. In Broncos country, look, the matchup is coming up here in 48 hours or less, and obviously Empower Field of Mile High. It's going to be an electric atmosphere, playoff atmosphere. But there's some things that Broncos fans, when you're watching, whether you're at stadium or whether you're at home on your couch, there's some things that you need to keep your eye on with certain players in this matchup. Sarah and I, we're going to get that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about the other sponsor, Today's episode of Lockdown Broncos are good friends over there at BetOnline.ag. And BetOnline has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues its march towards the playoffs. And BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. So head to our new updated website or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit today. Just use our promo code LOCKDOWN to receive your discount and your bonus today from football, basketball, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino. Games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers that are available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Bet Online, where the game starts, and our good friends over there at Bill Bar. And ladies and gentlemen, the best tasting protein bar that is out there on the market, also the healthiest protein bar that is out there on the market for you today. It's got fantastic taste, 100% chocolate on every single bar. They're soft, they're easy to chew, and you get the best of both worlds. Like I mentioned, delicious and healthy that come in so many different flavors. And my personal favorite being peanut butter brownie sarah's got a variety of flavors sarah what is your favorite built bar flavor that you've had so far you know cody my my absolute favorite is one that you recommended to me right away the churro puff and since then Mm. i have literally tried every puff that i can get my hands on i've tried the coconut one i've tried the mint one i've tried banana cream pie i've got white chocolate cheesecake and lemon cheese i mean like literally and i can't I, i honestly like I love the texture of these. It's so bizarre. Like there's some people who don't really like peeps or like marshmallows and stuff, but I'm one of those psychos that loves the peeps texture, you know? So I love the built puffs and I think they are amazing. So if you, if you're looking for something different, you know, in terms of what your protein bar, a lot of them are super crunchy or super, you know, tough to chew. This is definitely a, a nice change up and some really, really unique flavors. In my opinion, I've eaten a lot of protein bars, Cody, but I love the, I love the puff. And, Kudos to you for the shout out on the churro puff. I mean, that's that's number one all time at this point, And we're seeing, you know, if anything can come close. I love it. And Built Bar, they give you the extra fuel that you need. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugars. And I want you and your family to get your hands on a box of Built Bar today, especially the holiday season. See if Santa can slip some into your stockings by going to Built.com. And when you go to check out, use promo code LOCK15. That's going to get you 15% off your next order today. Once again, promo code LOCK15 gets you 15% off at Built.com. All right, sir, as we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, just from out of Broncos country, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. 
We've previewed the game. There's the only thing that we have left, ladies and gentlemen, is for the Broncos to take the field and hopefully they can come out on top with the victory. But while you're watching the game, whether you're at the stadium with uh, 76,000 screaming Broncos fans or you're at home screaming at the TV like I'm going to be doing this weekend, there's things that you need to keep your eye on. And I think it's certainly interesting as well because obviously there's some of these st- statistical outputs that occur or even accomplishments and accolades that players can achieve. One of them being if the Broncos find themselves needing a field goal. Brandon McManus, Sarah, he just needs one field goal to reach 200 made career field goals in his entire career in the National Football League so far. He's been super reliable, obviously coming off of an AFC Special Teams Player of the Week nomination from the past week, a 52-yard field goal, and then going 5-for-5 five five on extra points. He's been fantastic for the Broncos. So obviously for him, it, one more field goal gives him that 200-plus mark on the career. But there's also one for Justin Simmons as well. What does Justin Simmons need to do this week that hopefully Broncos fans are watching for? Man, it, you know Justin Simmons. He, he gets his hands on the football a lot, but he could set a career high this week, Cody. Six interceptions on a season is something that Justin Simmons has yet to do in his amazing NFL career. We could see him do it against Joe Burrow here this week. You know, Joe Burrow leads the NFL in interceptions like we talked about. So, hey, Justin Simmons, you've got a pretty good opportunity here against a guy who's, who's throwing at least an interception a week on average this season and, and he could get number six in this game, Cody. I feel it coming. I feel like Justin's at that play against the Detroit Lions where he laid out to get that ball. I feel like another one, maybe an easier one is coming. And, and maybe, hey, how about a pick six for Justin hey. Simmons in this game? We haven't seen that from him yet this season. I'm, I'm calling it pick six for interception number six against the, the Cincinnati Bengals this week. I would love to see that, Cody. I'm loving that. That would be fantastic too. I, you know, I think for Justin, like anytime we've seen him get an interception, he's had a chance to like return it. I feel like the Broncos defense, they've been on the field so long. And like, let's say the ball's almost at midfield or past midfield. I just feel like he's never been able to get to that pick six room just because he's tired and everybody else is chasing him. Mm-hmm. So he's had good field position on returns here. That's obviously something to look forward to, you know, six interceptions. I think for the fact that he's already tied his career high this season, obviously going back to last week, it signifies exactly why he's one of the best safeties in the NFL. He, he's a ball hawk. He's making these tremendous plays, and he's not seeing a lot of action, right? So when he is seeing action, he's being very efficient with it. There's another player that's also seeing that as well, and he's Patrick Sertan. Ladies and gentlemen, Patrick Sertan, all he needs is one interception to become the fifth NFL rookie in the last 10 years to have at least five interceptions. That's going to be fantastic. Now, I think for the Broncos, in hindsight, looking at him, would I'd say having four interceptions on the season so far for him He's lived up to the bill. He's been so special to watch. I know I've been raving about him. I can't rave about him enough, but you know this is something I hope Broncos fans continue to to represent because, look, the Broncos, we said it coming into the season, they've struggled with getting takeaways. They've struggled with getting interceptions. So you have Justin Simmons, who has five on the year so far, has a chance to get six, and you have Patrick who's got four, and he's got a chance to get five here. I mean, I, I can't complain there. But let's talk about one of our favorite players that are on the Broncos, and it's Kyle Brandt's favorite player, as he tweeted out as well, Javante Williams. Sarah, he only needs 68 scrimmage yards altogether to surpass Eddie Royal for the eighth most scrimmage yards by a Broncos rookie. I mean, we we remember Eddie Royal's rookie season. It was spectacular. So, Javante, despite some of the offensive struggles, the fact that he has a chance to do that, man, I tell you what, I'm excited about it. I am too. I loved Eddie Royal's rookie season as well. I was, I was, man, I was pumped about Eddie Royal. I felt like he was. 
he was going to be the next big thing out of the slot in the NFL. But he was a great Bronco anyway. For the, he gave us yeah. some great moments. So uh, Javante Williams touching that number is impressive. I mean, you think about all the different stuff that Eddie Royal did his rookie season, all the big plays, not only from scrimmage, but in their return game as well. He was such a dynamic fit for that unit. And, and man, I hate to even think of what could have been if they if they hadn't broken that band up. But Javante Williams, I feel like we're going to see a lot more number 33 jerseys in the stands in the coming months here, Cody. And, and, and at training camp, I feel like 33 is going to be a really popular jersey. He is, he is becoming quickly, not just Kyle Brandt's favorite player, but I think Broncos country, everybody loves good highlight reel. And nobody has a better highlight reel this season than Javante Williams, just straight up. I mean, his highlight reel is full of plays that – I mean, they have even the most just like, you know, uptight people getting excited about football. You know, <laughs> he is so much fun to watch. So, man, if he can touch that number and if he can eclipse that number, which I believe he will, even in this game, he, he's going to he's going to gain a lot more fans nationally. I'll tell you that much. Um, absolutely. It's a big game, ladies and gentlemen. Playoff implications on the line for this Denver Broncos football team that you root for every single Sunday. And obviously, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. That'll do it for Sarah and myself. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for listening to Sarah and I every single day, for making us your first listen. When you wake up in the morning, you go to the gym, you work out. If you listen to us or if you listen to us on your way to work or while you're at work, whatever, we appreciate your support. It means the world to both Sarah and myself to be able to talk about the team that you root for on Sundays in Broncos country. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in that's going to wrap up today's episode of the show the next time you're going to see or hear from sarah myself is going to be on the post game report and hopefully we're sitting here talking about the broncos getting their eighth win of the season against the cincinnati Bengals, and they have a chance to move up into a wild card spot this weekend as well so can the broncos take care of business hopefully when we get back to the post game report we'll have a lot of great things to talk about until then broncos country we'll see you next time